Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a guy who gets a fresh haircut before every show. What's up, Gene? In fact, I get all of them cut. Um, ah. <laughs> two, uh, that's like two weeks in a row you did like a bad dad joke. Yeah, no, I, I've got tons of those. So I, I <laughs> that's just where I where the well is deepest. Uh, this is uh, Gene Zielek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. You can find the show, as always, at Potadelphia. Yeah, good times, good times. So let's start with uh, with the NBA NBA All Star Game. And were you? I mean, were, was your balloon deflated Sunday morning when you got the news that Ben and Joel got a haircut that prevented them from playing in the All Star Game? Well, the haircut heard around Philadelphia. I'll be honest. I didn't realize that that was that was the thing until probably yesterday. That 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 was the the common point as to why they were they were in the protocol. Um, so I just uh, you know my mind was going to all sorts of things like what were the two of them up to that they were together hanging out or you know why weren't I mean Joel seems to be like overly cautious if you watch the way he plays he doesn't even sit on the bench anymore he has that folding chair that he has like over off to in his own little yeah behind the but he likes that spot behind the basket where you don't have yeah. to wear the mask i think is right. his right i think he likes to be able to get extra oxygen which hey you know whatever works right 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 well, right right uh at first I, I had no idea what and really i didn't really dig too deep into it to be honest with you sunday because i was just like i i don't really have any interest in this event right now because the whole reason i watch all-star games is to see my my favorite players play with the best players um, you know, and I spent a lot of my life watching bad Sixers be on the all-star team if, if, if they even had a player on the all-star team. Um, so I wasn't super, super it certainly, certainly took the, uh, took the momentum. To, to yeah. I got, look, we had a lot going on on Sunday, right? We had the NBA all-star game. We have the, we had flyers caps. And fans were finally allowed in the Wells Fargo Center, which was pretty exciting. I got to be honest, that's where most of my night was spent. Yeah, and and the, and then we had the uh, the the Prince Harry interview. Yeah, I got to be honest, that was I was not anywhere near that. <laughs> I don't give a damn about the British royal family at all. Um, but so I was actually most excited about the All Star game. I love the NBA All Star game, and it is definitely, I would say the the second best All Star game. Yeah, it's number. Th- I mean, baseball's king, obviously, but um, I love the NBA All Star game, and I was I was excited to see Ben and and Joel potentially play against one another. Sure. Um, I I like the new formats that the NBA does with with the All Star game. I liked how everything was going to be packed into like one night of fun. You know, we're going to have the skills, really- the three point, you know, a half a basketball, the dunk contest at halftime. Um, and, and it, it just kind of like, it's like, Oh, Ben and Joel aren't going to be there now. I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but there was a certain, it took a lot of the joy out of it, out of it for me. And I get it. Like you, what a sport during a, during a pandemic is going to take all their marquee money-making players and put them in the same room. You can't take any chances. No. Uh, of of that being like a spreader event, like you can't right. say like oh you know you know LeBron and and Steph and 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 KD you know all these guys get COVID because 
of Ben Simmons Barber, uh, you know, the, the, the whole house of cards kind of falls. And, and I'm pretty sure, you know, Adam Silver was already under a lot of like, should you be having this uh, type of questioning anyway? Well, I got to be honest. I, I uh, thought it was going to be mostly ceremonial this year, that it was going to be like you are named an all star, but there is not an all star game, much like they did with the Pro Bowl in football. You were named an all pro, but there there was no pro bowl. There, there should never be a pro bowl. I think we've discussed this at length that it's literally the stupidest of the, uh, of the four major sports, all-star best player, whatever you want to call it. I, I even hesitate to call that an all-star game because every year you end up with most of whatever the best players usually bowing out or still in contention for a super bowl and not wanting to play. So it's even hard to even say that that's the best of the best. Um, but that's sort of where I thought the NBA was going to go, that maybe you would have some of those like skills competitions, but it was just going to be too much of a risk to put everybody together, all those marquee players in one place. But, hey, I mean, kudos. It seems like the system works. I mean, unless we find out this weekend that something comes up, it looks like otherwise – they were able to, to get away unscathed, which is such a weird thing to even have to consider in this day and age that we 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 have to think back. Oh, we were able to to have the event go off without any sort of major catastrophe. And and by now, I mean, by by now, we know the drill and uh, the Flyers just tied up, just tied that game up, which they're definitely going to win this game. Um, it definitely feels like as the, they got into the third period that this was a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by now we know the drill. And, you know, of course, Monday morning I'm, I'm in the car and I hear, you know, uh, uh, Philly Sports Talk morning show uh, railing against the NBA All-Star game because there's no defense. Like, okay, look, we get it. Uh, shocker, we've been doing NBA All-Star games our entire lives, and it, it, there's never been defense. And the NBA has – the players themselves have modified the event to be a thing that people aren't going to get hurt, people are going to have fun, everyone's going to showcase their talents. I mean, if you watch any of the game, it was it was great fun. Yes, it's not a classic basketball game. It's not. You're just going to have to – Except that, but it is still pretty remarkable. Between a basketball game and the Harlem Globetrotters. It's not exactly scripted, but it's not exactly on the level either. Yeah, it's just, it's supposed to be fun. And, you know, when Steph is making three pointers from the, from the logo and, uh, you know, shooting them and then like spinning around and, and not even looking at them going in and already celebrate like that stuff is great fun. And, and, you know, me and my son had a great time watching it and we were, we were cracking up with, with all the stuff that everyone was trying with. So yeah, it's not going to be, look, you want a tough, hard fought, well-played basketball game. You're going to get a best of seven of those at the end of the season. Yeah. So, so don't worry about it. This You're is meant to be fun. So okay. You're going to get a whole lot of those games. And a whole lot of people benefited, uh, you know, because uh, a lot of money went to charity for having the event. So, you know, if you want to say, like, they shouldn't have had the event, yeah, okay, they shouldn't have had the event. But, you know, it does generate a lot of revenue for the NBA. It, it affects the salary cap. It, it, it you know, and, and, and money went to, to charity and to a good cause. So 
I think it's great fun. I love it. The the did you so Gene, you didn't watch any? You were you were stuck on flyers. I, I just sort of peeked in and out. Like I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't watch for any like long stretches. Um yeah. so I watched a lot of the three point contest just because I sort of got sucked into that. It was really, really good. Uh we came down what to the last last ball, I think, last shot. Um it did. Uh I did not watch the dunk contest because I have absolutely no idea how to evaluate a good dunk contest at this point in my life. Um, the last every one of them is a t- in my like when I see them, whenever they make them, I'm like, that's a 10. Yeah, I'd be the worst judge, I'd just be like, 10. Yeah, 10. I mean, the, the, the last time I, I saw something that truly left me like I've never seen anything like that was, um, I think Blake Griffin going over that car about the same size as my car and uh, and and shattering down like a two handed dunk. I was like, that that seems pretty, pretty gosh darn impressive. Um, yeah, but. The, there know, were some cool dunks. It was, I mean, it was definitely condensed because they did it during during halftime. But you could just see kind of the way the NBA is shifting. The way, just look at just look at the entrance into into the different contests. I mean, you have three three guys in the dunk contest or relative, either rookies or unknown. I think one guy doesn't even have an NBA dunk, right? Uh, and he was in the contest. And then the three point contest was basically. An all-star team, right? Who's who unto itself? Of the NBA, yeah. That was- it, it really was. It really was, and it was. It, it's really funny how it was all like. Well, we all know Steph's going to win this thing. So the, even the pregame guys were talking about like, who's going to be who's going to be number two. Right, um, right, right, right. And yeah, Steph Steph won it with the last ball, and it was that was pretty cool. We and we hey, did have it was uh, interesting. We, you know what I mean? At least at least it, it came down to a last ball where. You know, you had to see that yeah. sort of like be clutch, which he always is, which it isn't a surprise. But it was nice to see him have to have to sweat it a little bit. Yeah, we did come down with the case of the Mountain Dew balls again this year. Always, always um, fun. They're still a little tender, <laughs> uh, but but you know it was worth it. And from a from a Sixers standpoint, I was just like, okay, anyone but Donovan Mitchell, like anyone but Donovan. Even Mike Conley is fine. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't hold it. I actually kind of like Mike Conley, but um, anyone but Donovan Mitchell and that, you know, would have been, uh, would have been great. And then, oh yeah, can we talk about how in the, uh, in the draft, you know, coming off of, we didn't get to talk about the the Jazz game, right. uh, the last game before the break with the Sixers and the, and Donovan Mitchell's antics and complaining about the refs and you know get the woe is me small market yada yada yada. Um, I mean, on the whole, that was a great basketball game though. Oh yeah, it, I mean it was the, that and the Lakers game were probably the two two of the most fun games, fun Sixers games to watch this season. Certainly, um, best two of the year, absolutely. And, and I mean, I definitely think the Jazz game was was probably better. The 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 three from Joel to send it to overtime. He's he's on he's on another level. Uh, and and another I, level. I watched that replay. I don't know two dozen times that night just. You know, you just don't see a guy who's that size sort of with that sort of confidence, you know, sort of drop that shot. And 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 in that spot of all places, he he like you said, he's on another he's on another level. He and it's not like an arrogance. It's literally he just believes that he is playing at uh, a level that it's like the game has slowed down for him, if that makes any sense. You mm-hmm. just see him do things on the court where it's like he, he is in full control of all of the tools that he has at his disposal. 
and he sort of suddenly blossomed into the guy that was potentially a number one pick in his draft. And had he not been sort of dinged because of he was literally dinged up, um, you know, we just lucked out and he fell to three. Right. Right. And I know we're kind of bouncing around here, but um, the, the, the thing about the fouls in the NBA, one of the most annoying thing, like if there was one thing I could change about the NBA right now, it's that, that ability for a shooter to initiate the contact and draw a foul. Yeah. So if a, if a defender is vertical, your ability to jump, you know, outside of your cylinder into him while shooting and, and draw a foul from that um, is, is really tough to watch as a basketball but, fan. I don't it, know how, how you coach around that, how you coach against that, because you see so many times, especially the guys that are really good at drawing that foul. Um, you know, those, those shots have no chance. It, you know, they, they're, they're just heaves or, or, or even, even less. Sometimes they come at the, the defender sideways. Um, literally just right. trying to get their hip. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It happened earlier. Like, I think Korkmaz did it earlier in the game. Uh, but in the second half, I think it was early in the fourth quarter. I mean, Donovan Mitchell jumped basically sideways with his badunkadunk into the defender. And and then just to, to turn around and complain about, you know, not getting calls or, or bad calls later on, it's just, I don't know. It's just childish at that point. And it's a regular season game. You have the best record in the NBA. And that you're just basically trying to lay groundwork for when you are in the playoffs. Uh, try, I, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But then after this, so then, then it goes right into the uh, uh, LeBron Durant draft. Yeah. Which is which is kind of like a fun thing. Um, and we could talk about that. But uh, to, to see uh, Gobert and uh, and Donovan Mitchell get drafted in the last two they spots was, was, yeah. was pretty funny. And the, the rationale was pretty funny, too. Did you see that? I didn't see the rationale. I just saw that that's how it, shake, it, it sort of shook out. Well, when asked about, hey, why did the Jazz players get picked last, uh, LeBron's defense was basically something like, well, it has nothing to do with their skill. It's more of we didn't play as the Jazz when we were kids playing like 2K or whatever, whatever video games it was. So why wouldn't want to draft that guy who has? It's just like I don't think of I don't jazz think of players, player. which is kind of like lending credence to the whole small market argument. But it is funny because I played two K this weekend, uh, and I was the Jazz, and my son was the Bucks, two small market teams. So here's the funny thing: is uh, my other counter argument with that is I don't know if you remember on Genesis. He was a Genesis kid. They had a game called. Uh, Celtics versus Bulls and Bulls versus Lakers is mm-hmm. you sort of went through the nineties. The, the game yeah. EA game came out with whatever the finals matchup was. And mm-hmm. uh, this is before you could get the full NBA league on your, on your cart. I don't know if it was a memory issue or what, but you would only get the playoff teams from the prior year. Oh, and really? Okay. I remember that I often would, you know, my team was, was, was the jazz because you had Malone and Stockton. Right. Um, so that was a team that I felt like I could, I could give a run at the bulls. And often I, you know, you basically would just simulate the, you would simulate the, the playoffs, uh, you know, a couple times and you know, you, you eventually you'd finally <laughs> East was always the bulls came out. She made a run at the bulls. Yeah. See, I, I rewrote history several times. My jazz would have been a dynasty. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's the NBA all-star game. 
it was a good time. Do you like the format of that? The four quarters as like yeah, individual, I, I, like mini games. Yeah. I don't hate that. I, I think anything that sort of, um, you know, if you're, if you're not going to play it straight, you know, right. to, you know, you might as well do some things to make it entertaining. And I feel like that that's what, what it does. I really wish that there was a way to do something similar, I guess, with hockey. Was it, has hockey gone away from that three on three tournament? Um, no. that was my favorite. No, hockey. that's what they do. Yeah, that was that's my favorite innovation in 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 the the hockey all star game. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen it. Right, right. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. If it's they smart. It's smart because you have to write, and this is like where the NFL hasn't really come uh, to understand yet. You cannot just playing the game doesn't work. It only works in baseball because it's like an like you're in isolation. You're just doing your thing, right? Basically. Um, well, and the pitchers aren't going to pitch deep into the game, which is the other worry. You know what I mean? You're not going to throw have an all-star pitcher that's going to throw 80, 80 pitches. You know what I mean? And they tried to correct that by having the game mean something, so to speak. Um, but then you had these managers like, oh, you know, then players weren't getting playing time and they had, play, uh, you know, managers overmanaging. Well, the problem with it, with it, and, and I'll, I, <laughs> we're going to get into this, but um, my issue with the major league uh, all-star game is that your best players or the players that people voted in to see are not in the game at the critical moments. Right. So they're already out of the game. And now the, either the, I don't know what they would call them. Not, I guess they're not fan voted and they're like the manager, the player vote people are, yeah. are now in and, and you just don't really have those big stars, the, the high, high pressure situation. I, I guess the uh, way you would fix that would be <laughs> for the position players. There's no, you can sub in and out sort of like a, like a little league game. Right. I mean, obviously you want the guys you voted in to start. Um, so it would be weird to not start them. It's just when the, the game's on the line, it would be nice you, to see them like play like the first inning and then like come back in the seventh. Yeah. You'd like to see Mike Trout up with the game on the line over, you know, I don't even know who I, I don't even know who I pick because up in American League. Best relievers like, at that point. That is sort of the nice thing. You do see the best. You know, Mariano Rivera didn't start All Star games. You know, he would still show up in the ninth inning where he's supposed to. Right. Um, you wouldn't see that with the position players. Right. You're right. That is sort of a sort of an issue. But you know, that would be something you could easily fix just by being like, eh, you can slub the sub the the position players as much as you want. Flyers Buffalo are in overtime now. Into so. OT. Well, hey, points. There you go. You got you got your three on three. Yep. Yeah, the, the all important point. Yeah. Um well, if, do you want to talk about the Flyers for a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. I was gonna say, did you have anything else on the all-star game? Nah, I think I've exhausted that topic at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get <laughs> from a Sixers far, standpoint, anyway. Before we get too far away from, from from basketball, though, let me just one other thing sort of tangentially related to the to the all-star game. What did you think of A, the move for Joel Embiid to publicly come out and say he was donating the money he was making oh yeah, yeah. Um, to the charity and I don't remember the charity it was uh Philadelphia um has to do with Philadelphia homeless shelters right um and then also sort of a classy move for the organization to sort of match match it right match. um so what did you think of that that move and then what did you think of the way it was sort of covered the best I could say is like in the local news I honestly didn't hear a lot of how it was covered on on sports radio but I did see like, you know, your action news sort of fluff pieces about it. Um, yeah. Well, um, I'm sure a lot of guys do this and I, you know, I don't, I don't 
know. Um, but I, I, I'd be willing to bet that most of the players um, did something. I know a lot of money went to um, historically black colleges from the from the actual game. So there is like a movement uh, behind the the All Star Game that that is a that is a charitable one. Uh, I think Joel's a, a great ambassador for the city. Um, by all accounts, everything that I've heard from local media, local uh, sports talk is that, you know, he's not one of those guys that's like, I'm a star, don't talk to me. He's uh, he's approachable. He's, you know, w- when he's out, he's accessible. Um, and he he's, uh, to me, he seems like a genuine person who, uh, remembers where they came from and knows that he is living a very blessed life at this point and um, sees this as an opportunity to help others. And I mean, it just seems like a genuinely good dude. I, I think that there's uh, some part of the fact that, you know, when he was growing up, he wasn't like in the basketball system that mm. sort of is around now. Um, you know, if you're identified as a really good player at a young age, in this country, um, we can sort of get put into like these AAU and travel ball systems, which I think are great for developing uh, your basketball skills. But I think in some ways it can sort of uh, get you way too into like that professional or, 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 or hyper sports mindset that you probably wouldn't have run into if you were growing up in a, another country, you know, and it's just his freak ability really. And I don't know how else to put it, uh, sort of transcended all of that training that he he didn't get as a youth. But I think the the side benefit to all of that is it's made him sort of a a different kind of uh, of player. You know, when when I think about some of your homegrown, some of your you know traditional American brought up stars, you can sort of get that um, you know almost I don't, I don't know you know almost distant. Um, distant vibe from some of those guys. Uh, although if you look at a guy like Steph Curry, he he really does also sort of portray an approachableness. I don't know if that's true, if that's just sort of his public image, but um, certainly when you think about a guy like Jordan or you think about a guy um, who else is a, a good example of sort of the aloofness or over like hyper competitiveness. Uh, I mean, Jordan is your classic. Is Kobe, Kobe was sort of aloof that way. I think Harden, I feel like Harden, Harden is that way. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot of those guys, you know, or they talk about, uh, you know, they, they grew up playing AAU and stuff together. Um, you know, some of these guys, you know, when you're eight, nine years old, you're already playing basketball, you know, 10 months a year, 12 months a year. Uh, when you're not literally in class, you're, you're traveling, you're going to these schools where, you know, you're, you're playing at such a high level at such a young age that it, you can't help but have sort of those influences filter in on you. So it, I think it's interesting to see sort of within Philadelphia, a uh, sort of a unique uh, superstar, even for the NBA. Now he's even unique within his own, his own game. Yeah. As I, uh, as I'm watching this, this flyers overtime, the, the, the flyers have a very, to me, very distinct overtime playing style. What do you mean? Like I feel like they have a grotesquely patient overtime. Uh, like it's not always press, press, press. It's not always 
uh, fast speed. So but that's the end of overtime. We're going to shootouts now. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's not always – it's a very like soccer style. Where overtime. they were looking for that one. There's a lot of retreating. Um, no problem taking it like all the way back and starting over. Um, and it's more of a, more of like a possession kind of game than I've seen other teams play. I think it's kind of cool. And I think, you know, it didn't pay off in, in this overtime, but you know, we've been kind of, we kind of coming up, coming up nuts with the overtimes lately, but, um, yeah, going to shootout. Uh, I, I like I I don't know. I just feel like if I were playing against that style of play, it would be absolutely infuriating to me. Yeah, I mean, if you I've seen some other um... like when that when that when that offensive press comes in, when you stop it, it's supposed to be my turn, and it's not always with the Flyers because they're going deep, and then they're like, okay, no, 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 it's not going to work out this time. Let's like so you know retreat and, and regroup. Yeah, and and if you, you I've watched some other games, and that's exactly what you see is you see that that sort of that unrelenting like back forth back forth back forth um which can which seems to me it would be exhausting which i guess is why they've sort of got it down to a to three-man squad um but yeah, it feels like the kevin hayes style of mm-hmm. of overtime three and on it certainly, three play. It certainly yeah. would, must be deliberate i can't imagine that that is if you're a player that that's sort of what you would naturally gravitate towards like that the players have naturally sort of been like this is what we're comfortable doing i think that you've right you've got to imagine that um what's probably happening is that either av or uh whoever i don't know maybe it does i don't know if that falls under like the special teams coach um that they're sort of coaching that into them that like let's let's try and be patient with it and sort of have a different sort of pace i don't know it'd be interesting to find out looks like uh katoria is taking the first shot here um so what's your take on the flyers lately it's kind of been any scores it's kind of been a rough week i mean they had the six what is it six games in nine days yeah uh and they went three and three in that stretch um and i don't know i don't know if carter hart's been kind of the the victim of some bad defense uh or you know he hasn't been playing up to his his capability i don't know what the i don't know what the situation is but it really feels like elliot's the hot hand right now yeah it it certainly does I, i i don't know if I would say it's and Elliot stops the, the first shot. So we're certainly wouldn't say that it's all on Hart himself. Um, no, 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 certainly not. But um, also, but he did get pulled from this game, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but also, you have to remember that Carter Hart is not. You know, he's he's still very very young, um, and I think that that is something that we sort of forget because we oh, had been, Patrick Barry is the second one we had been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to, you know, sort of waiting for him to come up, or at least we here on the show have been waiting and wait, we're waiting and waiting, waiting for him to come up. Um, and then he sort of delivered on his expectations. And we sort of saw the, sort of the light at the end of the, the long, bad goaltender tunnel. Um, right. But we have to remember that this is Philadelphia and nothing can come that easily. Well, are we too eager to come out of the other side of that tunnel and say, I mean, like, I think that we all want to just believe that we've got the guy that's going to be here for the next decade and a half and and that that's a position that we're not yeah, going to Flyers have. win, Flyers win. Well, that's great. There you go. See, and and, and so Buffalo got the uh, the all important point. That's true. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that I think it's important, you know, we as fans, we we aren't the ones that have to make this call and I think it's important and 
sort of situations like this that, you know, the coach and the guys that are down there in the in the locker room, they have a much better sense as to what is going on either mentally or emotionally. I don't think that there's a physical problem with Carter Hart. It doesn't seem that he's favoring anything. It doesn't seem that he's he's injured uh, or incapable physically of being able to to do the things that he was used to that he was doing. Um, you know, is it a mental thing? Is it a concentration thing? You know, we don't know how goaltenders are affected by the way that this game is, or the way that this schedule is sort of lined up. You know what I mean? Like he's seen mm-hmm. the same teams sometimes two nights in a row or, or, or on every other night. That's not something that you have happen very often in the NHL. Um, you know, our shooters getting a read on goaltenders that we don't, that we're not, that we don't even know if this, if that has anything to do with anything. You know, these are just possibilities as to what could be causing him to have some struggle. Well, you know what I think? I think it's, it's, we went through really, a really weird six weeks. Uh, really weird. Um, a bunch of guys got COVID, a bunch of guys were out on protocol. Uh, Tahoe happened. Uh, the weather was weird. There, the sun was out. We didn't know what to do. We were playing at night. Uh, you know, it, it, and then you had to play a whole bunch of rescheduled games in a condensed period of time. It's like, yo, everyone, chill out for a minute. It's still regular season. It's gonna be fine. Like, slow down. I don't even know. Like, if you're even looking at the standings right now, it's. I think it's a little premature. Yeah, I, I we don't even know how this is going to shake out. We don't even know if everyone's going to play all their games, you know, or or, or what's going to happen. So I think there's plenty of time to let the season breathe. We're going to get back on track. All these guys are back now. It's like it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Fans are back. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I I think the Flyers on the R E L A X. Right, that's different from respect. Um, that was not the like, um, uh, not uh, not Brett Favre. Who, who said that? I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard it before. Didn't uh, um, was it, wasn't there a quarterback who was like R E L A X? Was this a real life quarterback, or was it in like oh, any given Sunday or something? <laughs> no, no, I thought it was. A, all right, you, you go ahead. You you make your point. I'll look it up. All right, so. Uh, my my point is that the Flyers are they're they're still constructed to, they were still constructed to be the team that that we saw at the beginning of the year they're still constructed to be the team that can go on long win streaks and I think much to your point when you have a team that is really built on uh, oh, Aaron Rodgers I was close oh he just dates all the women I want to date That's <laughs> I hate about that guy um we have very similar tastes um. But, uh, you know, the Flyers are, 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 you know, when you're built on consistency and, and being able to, to sort of have that continuity of, of players and you get interrupted and, you, you, you know, you don't necessarily know who's going to be on the ice from night to night. Not only who's going to be on the ice, but, you know, half your team isn't even allowed in the locker room for weeks on end. Um, that's going to have a mental effect on everyone. Um, and, you know, these are your teammates that are now sick, you know, that you've been in contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be distracted both by worrying about if they're going to recover and whether or not you're, you know, in any danger of having the uh, having to go out on protocol or whatever. So I think that once all of that stuff now is, is sort of behind us, 
Um, I think that there's certainly going to be a, a degree of having to get their strength back. I think any of these guys that really did have the virus, uh, they probably need a little time to get their legs back under them. And I think we have to just be patient with them. Um, and, you know, I don't see a lot of panic in the players. You know, I haven't seen any of them having interviews where um, they seem like they're overly over panicked. And uh, we haven't heard anything from the coach where he seems over panicked. So um, I think I agree with you. Just just chill out, man. R-E-L. X. Um, hey, you wanna do you wanna hear about the uh the rules of the Wells Fargo Center? Yes, I do, because I haven't I haven't heard any of these. And I yeah, I, so I'll, I'll, I'll go through them back up there. I'll go through them. And I had a chat with someone today who was at the game on Sunday, so I can give you kind of hearsay about what, what went down there An that insider's night. Insiders take on on what it's like. Yeah, my play. take. On an insider's take, who went to the game on Sunday? Like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, who mm -hmm. probably think. So first off, no bags. Okay, I mean, you can't I, bring a bag in, not even clear usually, ones. What's do that? you usually bring like a sandwich to a Flyers game? I don't. I don't I'm sure there are there are people who do, uh, but also if you know you're bringing your your lady friend and she wants to bring her purse, can't nah, do nah. it. No go. No go on that. Only wallets and uh clutches okay bring your clutch okay all right yeah or a that's change fair. I'd, say that's, I'd say that's fair yeah i mean that's do you fair need money inside are they are they doing concessions i'll get to the concessions I'll oh okay all right I'm jumping let me in. get let me get into the building first <laughs> obviously face mask no gators no bandanas uh no like weird alternative your way to get around wearing a face mask face mask none, none of these none of, none of i'm wearing my mask <laughs> no. oh thumb down yes wearing my mask <laughs> no <laughs> uh okay the, uh, uh, this is what they say uh, this is what i saw on twitter was that parking needs to be paid ahead of time and is handled electronically oh well you can forget about all those jobs ever coming back <laughs> From from my report from the game, this was not the case. Oh. There were attendants out there with rolls of twenties, just like every other every other game night. Yeah, they certainly don't want to hear like, "Ah, oh, sorry, bro, I, I forgot to <laughs> pay on that app. I'll get you next time." Right, right. But they, I guess, they're trying to encourage people to do it. But they, you know, okay. Uh, you must fill out a mandatory health questionnaire. Uh, before going into the Wells Fargo Center. So were there just lines of people with clipboards? Well, this is what I had. This was what I had the most questions about because I didn't know if this was something they were going to like email you or you had to go online and fill out an app or something like before you go in. Because like, yeah, um, like when my kids go to like the jump zone or something, uh, before they go, I have to fill out a waiver. Or, but I can always do it in advance. Right online so i don't have to deal with it when i get there yeah well and i'm notorious for showing up like right before puck drop so i'd be like scrambling to get in the door and they'd be like oh sorry sir can you fill out these forms I feel like I yeah, no, the, what, <clears throat> so what this was was um a, a boards set up that have all the questions right do you have Acid, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Uh, you know, they have all that listed, all the questions, and you just have to go, no, 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 no. And they go, all right, go ahead. 
Oh, okay. So it's it's, <clears throat> it's done like on the fly, like live. Yeah. Live. So it's <laughs> yeah. We'll do it at live. Uh, so it's completely pointless. Uh, I'm sure everyone's lying. If they have any of those things, they're just saying like, no, I don't. <clears throat> it's well, a complete I'm on my first date. I don't want to tell her I've got the diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or all. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm all of that. <laughs> Please seat me near a bathroom. Yeah. Can I still, can I still come in? So it's a complete uh, CYA move. It holds yeah. no no merit whatsoever. Um, fans must practice social distancing or physical distancing. Like, okay. Okay. We're doing that. Sure. <laughs> um, all transactions are cashless. Okay. So you have to pay through either, I guess, a credit card or like your Apple Pay or whatever it is. Um, and the seating, the seating is in pods. Uh, so how does the pod work? Like, uh, like, are there literal like, you know, like groups that are like, you know, you can sit in these four chairs. Like, if you are you assigned a, like a pod. You you're assigned your seat. Um, but what the way she kind of explained it to me was like you are no you are no less than six seats away from the next closest person. So are they like like in pods of two or like if you and I went to a game we would be six seats apart? No 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 no. You and I would sit next to one another, um, and then the 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 groups of people that we don't know are six seats apart. Okay. So if you're like not. It, it would be a very unique experience at the Wells Fargo Center. At least I have never been there where you have that type of room. No, I've never had anything resembling a seat on either side of me when I've gone to a flyer. Yeah, even, even going to see Process Sixers, I've never yeah. had like the kind, the kind of seats that, you know, you're going to see at the Phillies. Right which we have experienced before in non-COVID times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. What, what they didn't say and what I was told was that, um, and I'm not really sure why this applies to anything, but you have to buy food to get beer. This was not something that was on the, the Twitter account that I was like, no, before you go. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was like, so what was it like? And she said, well, you have to buy food to get beer. I don't know what this has to do with COVID. Um, and maybe it's like a an attempt to avoid people getting intoxicated and then doing COVID dumb stuff. I, I guess. You know, you always think that when you have these sorts of situations where, you know, seating is limited, that you're not going to have some some goofball that's going to go in there just to get themselves loaded and be completely incoherent by the end of the first period. But then I remember um, this is the city that embraced wing bowl. So, I mean, basically an entire event just to get yourself so inebriated that, um, that you didn't remember three or four days in a stretch. Um, so, you know, good on them. If that was the plan, uh, you know, I right. hope it wasn't just some sort of strange money grab. Um but, you know, I, I would think that they, they would have a better move of just being like, we're not going to sell alcohol. But, I mean, that's that's taking money out of your pocket, so they're not going to do that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but other than that, so there's no traffic. <laughs> it was easy to leave after the game. Um, well, that'll that's be. my report on the on – the, uh... Welcome back, fans. Wells Fargo Center. Did she give you any indication as to what she paid? Was she comfortable talking about that? Did she get them directly from 
the team? Is she a season ticket holder? Um, she's a season ticket holder or associated with a season ticket holder. Uh, I mean, I went on StubHub and you could get tickets in the like $150 range. Oh, okay. All right. That That's about what I expected. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but you know, if it was something you haven't gone to a game in a year, so. so that would be like three hundred bucks for a couple. Yes. Wow. So you have to be sort of like. So oh. you got to think that's a four hundred dollar night parking, mm-hmm. food, whatever yeah. you're whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what the I don't know what the fifty fifty got up to. Probably not as much as it usually gets up. <laughs> that's uh, that. And she's the, the coworker that won that fifty fifty. That one. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. That, right, that right. one. Anyway. Um, oh, and the food situation was like most of those concession stands on like at the top of the escalators mm-hmm. uh, were open. It was like the generic uh, Aramark ones in between were not open. Okay, so they were sort of like. So Chickies, Lorenzo's, like all that stuff was available, like, you know, Philly Market or whatever in the middle is, was not was not right. available. All right, I got that. Well, that's good to know. You know, I, I think it's nice that it was semi-normal, and I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, I would like to think that, you know, by certainly by next year that we're going to be able to have basically a normal experience. At uh, at the Wells Fargo Center again. Um, I'd be curious to see if it was pretty similar to, at a Sixers game. I imagine it will be. The Sixers haven't had a home game with with fans yet. So no, I and I went on StubHub. I went on StubHub to just get an idea of what Sixers ticket prices were going to be. And uh, earlier today, I still did not see any games available. Wow. So either they're all sold out, or they haven't they haven't figured out. Yeah. Now you can get Phillies tickets. I'm assuming because the either either the the season ticket holders or the partial plan ticket holders got early access to the first 19 games. Yes. So so there are tickets popping up there. uh, Pretty expensive for a Phillies game. I'm so surprised that that's sort of not how all of these things. I guess that's how the Eagles did it. Was that all of these things were basically like if you want these things, we're sort of expecting you to be showing us some sort of a commitment. Well, you also, they've also halted uh, the partial plans. Okay. I was like, oh, I'll buy a partial season ticket plan. I don't care. Right. And they, and they're getting, you you can either buy a season ticket plan or you can buy a game. No, I don't think you can buy, I don't even know if you could buy season, like full season tickets. I think they've halted. I wonder if that's just because they don't know if they can continue to sell them for the whole season. I wonder if that's the sort of thing that eventually. Yeah, maybe. Comfortable. I'm sure they'll do something. Um, I mean, because once everyone gets a, lot, a better idea, they got a lot of advertising time to fill on Phillies games, and they're going to need to, <laughs> you know, if I can't, I'm really, what I'm really excited to find out about is who's going to be playing these these uh, these parking lot concert series this year. You know, it's one of my favorite things to to you hold out hope for anyone in particular. Uh, actually, you know, I was I'm, I don't know who's going to tour this year. You know, you think Ken, this is a good time for Clay Aiken to make a comeback? Maybe Lemonheads. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> the, 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 the concert tour. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. What else? So I, I just turned on my first televised Blue Coats game. Okay. 
ever. They were in the second round of the playoffs. This is the first time the Blue Coats have ever made the playoffs. True. Yeah, it's the it's. I mean, you win and you're in the finals of the of the the G League bubble tonight, right? Who did they? Uh, Yeah, this is the semi. This is the I guess the Eastern semifinals against the uh, the Blue Coats versus the Raptors nine oh five. Okay. All right. Is that is that the the Toronto area code? Um, it must be. I don't know. I mean, do can they, do, do they use area codes in Canada, or do they just have like country codes? I don't know. Maybe that's. I, I when I was in Toronto, I don't remember jumping any nine oh five things jumping out at me. <laughs> that was. Whew, uh, that was oh twenty. God. We didn't even have cell phones, did we? Yeah, we twenty two years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember having to like call my parents from some uh, some payphone in Boston and be like, "Yeah, no, I'm alive." Yeah, yeah. So. uh yeah, but I've never like I haven't had an opportunity to really watch the Blue Coats, uh, certainly not on national television, um, which they're on ESPNU right now. Most of my my uh, Blue Coats uh, content has come directly from the painted lines. Usually, sometimes you'll get uh, you know the highlighted streams and um, you know some of that stuff. That's that's where I get all of my my Blue Coats content. Yeah. Now let me ask this. So I was uh, I was watching the other semifinal game uh, before I switched over to the Flyers, and it was the um, the Warriors um, team is in that. What was in that? Yeah, right? it was the it was I don't know. It's like the Santa Clara Warriors or something, and the the Magic affiliate. Uh, where, so maybe it's not East and West. I don't you know. I don't think um, it is. But Jeremy Lin uh, plays Lin for the. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I said Lynn Sanity. Yeah, Lynn Sanity. I don't like I, <laughs> Toronto's four one. Uh, hold on, let me put this up here. Uh, Sarah says uh, Toronto is four one six area code, and yes, Canada does have area codes. So what's nine oh five though? That's that's. A, a maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so they should gonna, be the research on. Um. Now I lost my train of thought. What was I? What was I talking about? You're talking about Jeremy Lynch. Oh, Jeremy Lynch. Yeah. Now, is this against the spirit of the G League? Oh, I haven't. I didn't really think of it that way. I just thought it was sort of like, I I don't know. I mean, like, I guess this is the way I think about it. Like, you were you were uh, like a phenomenon at one point in the NBA. Like, don't you think like if you're at a point where you 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 might be being sent down to the developmental league that you might be want to be like, you know what? Nah. But that's what I'm asking, right? So that's it's. It, it, I've always had it in my mind that this is the developmental league. Right. This is the okay. We found a young player who needs work. We're gonna let them play in the G League or formerly the D League, right? And they let them get game time in because if they were in the NBA, they wouldn't be playing, right? Right. They're gonna get it's, like two minutes or three minutes, which isn't gonna actually improve their right. Game. Aging player in the twilight of his career goes down and plays in the G League. It just seems like go play in Greece or something. You know, I, and that was my thought would be, you know, if you wanted to continue playing ball, I'm sure he probably could go over overseas and do it. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I assume that there must be some sort of a logic behind the team holding him. Maybe it was that they thought that it was a way to keep him rostered as a sort of escape escape valve or an emergency you know have a guy that's nba has nba experience and can give you quality minutes in a pinch uh i don't know if that that team is particularly shallow in that spot i mean that's 
tied to the Warriors, right? You know, is that like Steph Curry insurance? I, I can't imagine that that's even really a thing um, that you would. I mean, if Steph Curry goes down, forget about it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, but I, I more to my like is Vince Carter on the on the Raptors nine oh five. Vince Carter is, is probably <laughs> he wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, he probably would. I think that the the thing keeping Vince Carter from the court is probably Mrs. Vince Carter. Um, <laughs> you know, doesn't he have kids that are probably already retired from the NBA? I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I I feel like more the point is like in to Jeremy Lin's mindset would it be a question of does he really see an, a path back into the nba this way um is that what does he feel like this is his because it's certainly not about the money because the, those contracts are so small that's uh, why it's mostly given no to, to undrafted guys or, or or guys that are drafted you know you don't even see guys that are or you know you certainly don't see guys that are in the in the top 20 that play spend a lot of time in the in the G League because those guys are making enough you know so much money that you 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 can't really afford to not have them on your NBA roster. Um, you know Isaiah Joe has spent some time in the uh, with the big club and played quality minutes. Um, you know so that's it, I think it just depends on the philosophy of the organization and uh, the players' willingness to accept basically. Uh, no money to continue with their chance at, at the NBA. I, I mean, I got, it's like, you know, what else, what else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jeremy Lin probably go overseas and make back. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? For like sure. that guy could go to China. He but could go I, to the men. I just don't know if like when you've been in the NBA, if there's anything that's quite like being in the NBA. Right. And, and probably cause he had such, I mean, he played for the yeah. Knicks in Houston. He's probably money is probably not really an issue. You know Man, I mean? Do you remember Lynn Sanity? That was such a nutty, I absolutely a do. nutty time. You're just like, oh my god, this guy just makes everything. Yeah, it, it, he literally was like, he couldn't miss. I, you know, and if you had any friends from New York, you, you know, they were convinced that the Knicks were going to be a dynasty. That the, you know, this was, you know, this was going to be the, you know, the Knicks for a decade was just, you know, this kid from Princeton was just going to carry him through. Um, but it's weird that you know he's Jeremy Lynn. You know, he, he was from Harvard, wasn't he? I thought he was Princeton. He was an Ivy League guy. Harvard. Yeah, yeah. One, one of those two schools. Um, Harvard's probably right. Uh, sorry, I didn't have his transcripts in front of me. Um, I have his CV over here. Oh, oh, good. Um, but, you know, you got to figure if you're in the G League, you're you're probably young enough to have seen him, watch him on TV when you were in, in middle school, if not younger, um, and seen all that go down. You would think that you would have nothing but – absolute respect on the other side of the court for a guy like Jeremy Lin. Like if you, if you, if you met him and, and played against him, you'd be giving that guy all his props for, for what he's done in the NBA. But it, it seems like that's not what's happening for Jeremy Lin, and which is really how it popped up on my radar to, that he was even there. Um, apparently he's getting called uh, some pretty nasty names in the G league, um, which honestly sort of surprises me um, because from everything I understand about the NBA, and I mean, you've got bad eggs everywhere you go, but um, of all of the major sports uh, leagues, the NBA players seem like they are the, not only the most vocal, but for the most part, the most, uh, you know, politically active group, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but certainly the, the, you know, the, you would imagine that in these locker rooms, 
you know, that sort of stuff isn't going to be tolerated, you know, certainly by the big, the big stars, you know, look at, uh, you know, Kyrie even had to take a couple weeks off because he was so sort of uh, emotionally invested in what was happening in the country. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, there's also some boneheads, you know, I mean, we got flat earthers running around uh, and I, I, I don't know. Jamie Craig, I think I think the 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 racial slur he was he was called coronavirus, right? Which doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, right, right. Which I'm assuming that when we connect the dots, it's the the coronavirus originated in China. Jeremy Lin is Asian. Right. He therefore is coronavirus. You know, right. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, not a good, it's not a good insult. No, but it's an it's a it's an insult like born of ignorance yes, right as and most I, of those sorts of slurs are yeah so i mean yeah not not cool but you know but also. again another one of these things it's like you know do you look at jeremy lynn in admiration as a guy who you know was at the peak is going to have a legacy in the nba no matter what happens if he never plays another yeah the NBA. I, 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 I mean, look, I, I know we went into like this Jeremy Lin voyage. I know. Uh, not not <laughs> something I expected, to, you know. Uh, I was, I, I was just, it, it, from a D League perspective, if aging player in the twilight of his career is in the spirit of the G League, or should this be reserved for like younger players? You know, it's, you know, get the Crash Davises out of there. Right. Yeah. And keep the, 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 uh, Nuclelouches in there. I, I feel like it would be to the benefit of the franchises to keep it as a a place to get minutes to guys that you would like to, to right. You know, like you don't want to be signing these like off, you know, borderline NBA guys just to win a G League title. Right. Yeah, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Make sense. It makes more sense the way the Sixers do, where you find you where you have a guy who has an elite skill whether it's shooting or defense or whatever, and then try and develop his other things around him so that he can bring that elite skill to yeah. the NBA. Yeah, real quick as we you know have about about six minutes left. Um, the the blue coats are up on on Toronto 905, who is the number one seed in the tournament. So this would be uh an upset. And um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. It'll be fun if they make the finals. I mean, so yeah. I'll I would definitely and, tune in. And that'll be televised. It'll be Thursday. But speaking of Toronto and speaking of Canada right. and speaking of the Phillies, which I, we were not speaking of the Phillies, <laughs> uh, but this is how we're going to transition to the Phillies. Um, passing of Real Cormier, Frenchie. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a guy who, uh, of that uh, of that era, I have a lot of really fond uh, sort of memories of him. He, uh, one of the one of the things I read, I don't know if I shared it with, with the group or not, but um, that he sort of had a really bad outing. I think he gave up five earned runs uh, on opening day, whether it was 01 or 02, one of those years. Bad Phillies teams, like bad teams. Um, but then proceeded for the rest of the season to only give up 11 runs, which I think is a pretty impressive thing to do. Um, but yeah, no, and from all accounts, with that, like to a man, uh, and this was even before uh, you know, I had read that he was ill. Um, you know, shortly after his 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 tenure with the Phillies ended, he, a beloved teammate. Everybody had nothing but nice things to say about him. Batalico has 
always seems to sort of find a way once at least once a season to sort of bring up a real Cormier story. Um, just uh, sounds like it was an all around good guy. Um, and uh, was a guy that I was, was, you know, used to really enjoy watching, like I said, on some, some really bad Phillies teams. So I was really sad to hear the, that he passed and um, you know, I guess uh, I guess they needed a lefty upstairs. Yeah, he was a yeah he was a Philly from from one to uh, 05. So yeah. he was, you know, they 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 really kind of started to get better, you know, after after his time there. So he he was yeah, in fact, on some re- some really bad Philly. He literally team. missed, you know, like didn't have Schilling on his team, didn't have um, Scott Rowland. I mean, maybe had early Jimmy Rollins and early. But listen to this year, 2003. Yeah. 2003, Real Cormier went 8 0. He had a 1 7 ERA. Yeah, it's impressive. In 65 games, 84 and two thirds innings. That's pretty, a whip under one. That's, I that's a nasty that. season. I would love that, that guy in, in our bullpen right now. That's a nasty season, and you know he obviously you know to to put up those kind of numbers with that many innings. He's not a lefty one out guy. No, he's not a loogie. No, and you have to figure he was probably like third or fourth in the team on the team in wins that year, if not second <laughs> in the team. Yeah, probably and wins. You know, there was probably, probably. starters that probably was- had nine wins, but yeah. I mean, those were bad teams, man. Those were really bad teams. Jim Tomey, I guess, was on those teams. That was probably about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was part of the – that was like as the ship was starting to turn at the – you know, its lowest point, you know. Yeah, he would have been there for the opening of Citizens Bank Park, which yeah. probably would have been exciting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like those were those were not good baseball teams. Those were all teams that were like – and they weren't like teams that had a lot of hope either. They were not, you know, they were not like on the on the on the comeuppance, um, you know, until we got to like oh five oh six, right at the end of his run when they started to really put together that nucleus. Um, you know, Ryan Howard came along. You, you had Jimmy Rollins sort of come into his prime. Uh, Chase Utley sort of come into his prime. Um, yeah, but you know, get on your real. It was, it was it, you know, and did we do we did we ever? Do you remember a little fan group for Real Cormier? Because I could not come up with one. I I don't know. It had to be Canadian in 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 nature. Yeah, maybe the like the the, the 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 Mounties or something. As we close up, though, let's circle back to the Flyers real quick because Chris Dunn asked Flyers badly ba- uh, barely beat the Sabers and obviously need to make some moves. Thoughts? I think the Flyers need a defenseman, like a stout. Like not a scoring defenseman, not an offensive-minded defenseman, like a like more of a punishing defenseman. Well, if you had to give, if you had to, if you had a wish list for the Flyers, what, what are you what are you wishing for? Um, I'd like to see another uh, sort of like a two-way um, forward in the in the in the same sort of vein as Sean Couturier. Obviously, you're not going to find another Sean. Oh, that'd be nice for sure. I'll take um, that. Too. But maybe another forward that could kind of give you a little a little two-way. Um, production um but yeah i think we both agree that we would like to see them sure up the defense if they're going to make a move yeah yeah that's that's the thing i need i think we I need like a clog, clogger yeah. yeah i don't want to sell much so i want to get it at the, at the right price we need a clogger yeah, <laughs> yeah that was- 
That was your All right, let's wrap this up, Gene. What do you got? You got anything, any, any final thoughts, anything else you want to share? Uh, go blue coats. Um, you know, if you're, if you're around this week, if they make the finals, like I said, I think it's going to be Thursday and definitely televised. There's going to be a ton of content here on the painted lines about that. Um, so check that out if it happens. Um, and the nice thing about that is you're going to, you're going to be hearing from guys that, that are in the know people that have met those players, talked to those players. Um, so you'll get some real insight if you're, if you're a big basketball geek and into, uh, the G league, um, this is the place to be. Yeah, right on. Okay, uh, that's all the time we have for this week. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, uh, follow, subscribe, sign up for alerts, everything, painted lines, all your Philly sports coverage, wall-to-wall. Uh, we are broadcasting on the Painted Lines YouTube channel, uh, Periscope, Twitch, Wherever they're sending video these days, it's where we where we want to be. So uh, follow the painted lines. Um, also, check out the whip around if you have any more time in your podcast listening day for for all the week's weird news. Um, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Talk. What are we going to be talking about? More Phillies spring training. Yeah, we're no. Be- we didn't talk about Dak. I wanted to talk about the Dak Prescott. Well, don't worry, that will still be relevant in a week. It may, we'll, yeah, because you know ESPN will be talking about it still, yeah. still yeah. All, all week long. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that because there's a lot of good um, Eagles ramifications tied up tied up in that. Um, so we'll talk Dak. We'll talk Phillies. Uh, more Flyers. The Sixers will be back in action. Hopefully, I know Joe and Ben will be out for Thursday's game, but hopefully, more negative tests. Yeah, I think there. I think we can we can safely say next week they'll both be back. Okay. So uh, until we speak again, have a great day at work, everybody, because we are out of here.